following program is paid for by the Hawkeye Huddle, which is solely responsible for its content. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of 1700 The Champ, Cumulus Media, or its employees or management. The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Welcome here to the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you here at GMIGS in West Des Moines. And it should be noted that nobody else has an opinion like our opinion. Over 18 years, there's never been a duplicate. Thank goodness. <laughs> Often replicated, uh, never duplicated. Never duplicated. You cannot pay for this. If we, d- we should think about. My friend is doing this NFT thing with some of his, his, his images. He's done these screens right? and everything. He's making. We should. Who wants to NFT our first episodes? Let's think about this. We're going to do this down the road. Hey, uh, my friend, has there ever? been a more Iowa football, non-conference Iowa football game than the football game we attended on Saturday afternoon. Let me just run down why this is an Iowa football game. First of all, we get into the fact that Iowa won. I'm sorry, I thought you asked me a question. I'm about to get there, and then you can react. It's 30-7. to Iowa covers the spread by a half a point, with a lot more people paying attention these days, by the way. It's 30-7 to against a MAC opponent in a game that was closer than a lot of people thought it might be, but actually at the end you widen it out and you win by the spread. It's a game where Iowa splits their offensive plays, 38 rushing plays, 37 passing plays. It's a game where Iowa goes 209 in the rushing department and 212 in the passing department. And oh, by the way, they were within one snap of whether they take the ball under center or whether they take the ball in the shotgun. This is the diagram of Iowa against a team that they know they're going to beat, right? This is the diagram of that. And then you're in Kinnick Stadium with a sea of yellow and some empty seats for the first time but for a while. But it's because it's this non-conference game. It was, it was just like you're diagramming all this stuff with one little exception. This is number five ranked team in the country. And... Kent State actually is favored to win the MAC by a lot of a lot of people, and Iowa just shut just shut them down. So this is more impressive. But the division, the the, the balance, it was just it was one of those things. Where it's, it's a thing of beauty. Well, it's certainly a you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and those of us who follow and love the Iowa Hawkeyes recognize that the reason that this was beautiful is that it was methodical. There were some big plays, but nothing that just there was no C.J. Beathard to, you know, uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, oh, Tavon Smith. Yeah, Tavon Smith. Yeah, they, there was there was no 80-yard play like that. Yeah. Uh, no dab at the end. There, no, no dab. Uh, okay. um, although Tyler Goodson's got some nice moves when he does he score does a touchdown. And uh, it was it, – it reminded me of when Iowa beat uh, Miami of Ohio – uh, twenty-one to three with Big Ben back in the day. It looked unimpressive, right? That was it, that was a good year, by the way, two thousand and three, right? It, yeah. By the way, Miami of Ohio didn't lose another game the rest of the and year. Big Ben is a Hall of Fame quarterback, He's right? Been playing in the NFL now for like twenty-three years or something like that. So yeah, it was a, it was a, a methodical beatdown. Uh, you know, the Hawks did a lot of good things. They didn't turn the ball over, other than Ivory Kelly Martin who uh, is going to have to figure that out because Gavin Williams came in and acquitted himself quite well, I thought. Uh, West Moine Dowling kid uh, played very well. He it, he, well, he Polk. transferred. Okay. He's from Altoona. Okay. Okay. Transferred from Southeast Polk, ended up at Dowling. Uh, um, in, in, 
you know, I thought he played really well. Uh, he he did. If you go, particularly in during the game, you're like, oh, cool, right? Go back and watch. He didn't have a lot of room on some of those. He slid through the holes. Yeah, nicely. you know, he's really, kind of he's, he's kind of a, a little bit more thunder than lightning there. Uh, uh, and and, and so right. that yes. was uh, certainly good to see him get an opportunity. I thought Spencer Petras played certainly the best game he's played this season. Uh, statistically, um, still overthrew a couple guys that were wide open and clearly underthrew uh, Charlie Jones when he was open by 10, 12 yards on it. That could have been a big play in the third quarter. Yet, doesn't make the mistake, checks down too quick, does these sorts of things. And, you know, so we're fortunate we have another game this week where he's going to be able to continue to look for progressions and, and look to get the ball down the field a little bit more, which is certainly, I think, that's something that the Hawks are going to have to have uh, as they get go up against Maryland, as they go up against Penn State, you know, in the two weeks following following this game. So Kirk said something today that I can't, I don't want to, obviously we have to paraphrase, but people were asking him a little bit about things. Like, yeah, you know, you take what the game gives you, blah, blah, blah. blah. Okay, fine. Great. You scratch where that, it itches. Right, that sounds all well and good, but at the end of the day, that's that's the issue, right? When you need it, can you go down there? And 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 they're not going to need it very often. This defense is so good. Well, and actually, uh, this I, no, I disagree with you. I, they're going to need it in order so, to open up the ability to run the well, football. So I was going to go in the in the second half when I was rewatching the game uh, this morning again. Uh, I'm I'm noticing at certain points in time on a third and five. Even Kent State's got no safeties, right? They got guys up on the line because they know we're not, we, we're not going to throw over the top, right? Because Spencer Petrus, if he does get a guy open, is going to look at him, and if he's if there's anybody within 15 yards of him, he's going to check down. Right? With now, now you say that, and did you really watch the touchdown pass that he threw to uh, Sam Laporta on the 20 play drive where there where, where he had what I don't know three inches of a window so, right there in the goal line, right in front of us. So let me let me let me go there. Yes, and so I will just say this. There's two things. First of all, on his first read, which Laporta was his first read, that's where he was going, right? He he saw it off the bat. That's where he was going. On his first read, right okay, now, Ken he is he is really good right now. I mean, he's made leaps and bounds over last year. We're not throwing the ball into the ground. We're not overthrowing it. He's on target. It's the stuff you saw it this summer. He went and worked with that quarterback coach, and we saw footage of it. Right now, drop, 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 step, throw. He's there, man. It is awesome. And that was a dime. And he dropped it. And, oh, by the way, the long one he threw to Reganey, uh on the last drive where they scored. A pump fake. He knew right where he was going. And that ball was gorgeous, right? It, right. It was thrown right into the window. I'm not going to take that away from it. It's progress, and it's great. But, you know, here's the thing. And, and as I tried to watch the game a little bit more critically as opposed to gayically, uh, when I rewatched it, Gaelic? Is it not is that Scottish? Uh, happy yeah. Irish. Uh, oh, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> as I was on Saturday. Oh, uh, but nevertheless, here's here's something I haven't seen him do yet. I haven't seen him turn his head from one side of the field to the other. Nope. I haven't seen him. Uh, I mean, certainly we've seen him look deep and then come down. I haven't seen him look down and then go up. Um, and I think he's had some opportunities, and this is where film study and those sorts of things actually really do matter, so that when you get a look out of a formation and you get a defensive look, 
you know, let's take the Goodson run as an example. Let's assume that that was the not the play that was called and that he checked to that based upon the formation. The the first touchdown. Yeah, the 45 the, or 46-yard touchdown. The one where you and Andrew looked at each other and screamed out, run left, run left, for God's sakes, run left. Just run and, left. And, and, and before the play, you guys are screaming, run left, and sure enough, there's nobody there. Right? Well, and, and, you know, the line the line all does. Uh, the, safety was cheating. The, right? the yes. line all moves yes. to the right. Yes. Everybody gets caught in the wash. Yeah. It's a pitch out yeah. to it, Goodson, yeah. and, and he beat the corner. In two steps, and it was, as I said to Andrew after that, I said that's the easiest touchdown that kid is ever going to score. Oh, got, he it, had to beat one guy, right? But you're right. So the he never he didn't cheating. even have to beat him. He was already past him, you know. So, and so did, did Petrus check into that or not? We I, don't know. We right? don't know. Right. I mean, obviously, right. we're not down there. But and and if that's the play that Brian had called, you know, good on him. But well executed. Everything worked well. Um, a little trickeration with the line slanting one way. The flow going one way, the fullback mm-hmm. being yep. essentially yep. opted off of in the pitch to Goodson. But, you, but on your the other diamond. point is the question, right? Your other point is the question. We saw it on a play with Charlie Jones, right? So he looks down the field. His primary receiver is Sam Laporta on a seam. We all saw it, right? Sam's actually covered on this one. Charlie Jones breaks to the outside, and there's nobody within 30 yards of him. He's just standing, and Petrus is looking downfield at that point in time. But has moved his head to the left. Well, no, he actually threw it to him, and he threw it. No, 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 I'm talking about the different one. I'm talking that he checked down on this one to, to Goodson underneath. Right? Okay. He's got Charlie. When I say he's got Charlie open, I mean, we all, we, right? Uh, to the point that there was, I mean, he had the right. whole half of the and field. And there's no pressure, right? This is the problem for me. I don't have a problem if you're under duress and you're checking down. My problem is he looks at his first route and immediately goes to the running back and, and, and or the tight end who's running underneath. That's the issue, and it will Even- call- eventually it- that is going to be taken away, and he's going to either have to f- start forcing balls down the field, or he's going to have to make some plays with his feet. And he, frankly, I, I haven't seen him show the ability to do that with his feet at this point. I'm not, you know, he did have a six-yard uh, quarterback sneak the other day. <laughs> well, so this is this is I I, I think it, I Anthony Heron on the Big yes, Ten Network's like. You know, a lot of people don't think a quarterback sneak's sexy, but I can tell you that these Hawkeye fans think that that was a pretty good play. That's great. Um, but but I, I think it's important to differentiate between criticism of a quarterback, which is not what we're doing here. What we're doing is breaking down the issue, right? He's done a lot of things. He's getting better. Well, he's won he's nine gotten, games in a row. He's won nine in a row. He's gotten better as he's gone. He's a leader, and he is hitting these shorter throws. That that. That 20-play drive, that 95-yard 20-play drive, I think it was, they haven't had one since 19-whatever, right? I mean, well, since they started counting plays on drives, probably. Right. But It's a long, that's, a, that's one of the they longest also, drives in They also history. converted yeah. four third downs, I think, on that drive. To four, to four third downs to four different receivers. You are correct, right? So, right. So, With Laporta being the touchdown uh, maker on a third down, so... There's, I mean, how do you, I mean? I, you can't get super upset now. I, I want to apologize to the guy that was sitting to your right the other day. Who you know, we have different people. Right. We have one guy that sits on our left from Adel, who uh, is great because he's totally into it with us and and enjoys. So is his wife, apparently. Right, yeah, we're having a really good time. Um, but there's people on our right that are always different every week, right? And this guy, I I started getting a little. Physician, heal thyself. Stop looking ahead and enjoy the moment, right? And I stopped. I started getting a little pissy about the fact that there were open guys that he wasn't hitting. And I said, and the guy goes, geez, you're sunny, right? And I'm like, 
This is what this one here says, and I pointed at you. Exactly. And, this and is and why went, for, for 18 and, years uh, we've sat together right. prior to this season three times. Right. Um, but, but, but. Um, the upside is that the fair and balance component with your son there really <laughs> really helps me. Tempers you a little to, bit. To not just turn around and tell you to. Uh, right. But I, but I had to go back and, and say the same thing again. But he was right, right? I, I, and I said, you're right. You're right. What am I doing, right? And I, and, I, and I want to tell Iowa fans this again and again. Please, don't be waiting for the Big Ten Championship right now. Enjoy every one of these doggone football games for what they are, right? And, and, this is and, a blast. And how about this? You know, Scott Docterman, who does a great job for the athletic writing, does a question and answer thing. He had four different questions that were asked of him. It was either this Monday or Monday last. How come Hawkeye fans can't be happy with where they are and with what they're seeing? And just enjoy the moment. And he actually had an interesting component to that is is that the heartbreak that has happened with the Big Ten title game uh, after an 18-play Michigan yes. State drive. Yes. Uh, with what's happened in the basketball team. Where we get uh, to number one and then we just don't in, show in, up in, in the Big Ten. In, in, the, in yeah, certain yeah. things like that. So, yep. so there's a lot of scar tissue with uh, us Hawkeye fans. And so that's part of the issue. But... I would concur with you. Take a deep breath. Enjoy the moment. Go this Saturday if you're going and have a great time and watch the Hawks just beat the crap out of Colorado State team that surprisingly went into Toledo and beat them 14-9. to They got a freshman quarterback, though, who just started for his first game last week. It's going to be a little different uh, situation when he starts looking at the game film. We were it's, figuring, we were talking five, five out of the last seven, last seven starting quarterbacks against the University of Iowa have seen the bench in the third quarter. Not because it was mop-up time, but because the other their coach wanted to get something started. Right? Either get you something know. started or keep them from getting killed. Yeah, go, go, back, to the, uh, go back to the games uh, last year. Uh, you know, yeah, Graham Mertz made it through. What was that right before that? Uh, well, Illinois, what's his name, ended up. Brandon Peters ended up on the bench. Kid for Penn State. Uh, Travis oh, never did see the field again. He's not playing. Clifford's playing for him right now, right? The big so, red dog. Right. So, point being... Uh, out of your last five starting quarterbacks, or seven starting quarterbacks against Iowa, five of them have been pulled. I think it's seven of nine. Well, I tried to figure that out. I well, in, in, I mean, I, you got to go back to the Minnesota game. I think they kept their starter in because, as you recall, the— He, he threw the last touchdown pass. Right. I knew that. Right. So I went back and looked. He did that. And I think the Kent State kid hung in there the whole game um, in spite he, of seven sacks. I thought he got pulled. Well, maybe he did, but here's what here's one thing I can tell seven you: seven sacks, yes. seven sacks, four holding calls against the defensive line, um, and at least at least four or five other pressures. So if he dropped back to pass seven, four, eleven, called sixteen times, he was under serious duress. And as you and I were driving up, we were listening to. Uh, uh, XM Radio, and it was the Las Vegas. It was a Las Vegas um, <laughs> sports sports grid, yeah. and the guy goes, "Well, yeah. Kent State, they're a live dog. They're going to really run the ball up and down on Iowa." And I looked at you midway through the third quarter, and I said, "They have eight yards rushing." Yeah. He, he literally was predicting them to run for two hundred and fifty yards or, so they, or something, so they, you know, oh because God. they ran for six hundred. You know, like you said, he was reading the statistics off his note card, and well, this is how good they are. Yeah. So they're going to do this to Iowa, and they're not. And this is something that we certainly need to continue this dialogue. This Iowa defense is really, really good. Seth Benson, I don't think, hardly played uh, on Saturday. He made a couple big plays. 
I mean, he didn't play half the game. Well, they gave they were giving Justin Jacobs a lot of time in there. In fact, he made, you know, again, talk about an unsung play, right? So you see a guy get tackled on the goal line. He fumbles into the end zone. Uh, Riley Moss recovers it. Jack Campbell appears to kind of be on the tackle and knock the ball loose. But guess what? You know who actually wrapped him up around the ankles? Well, they, on, uh, they gave the, they gave the they fumble gave to, Justin, to right? Justin Jacobs, you know which is two weeks in a row. him on the four, right? right. And the, the guy fell forward. He got in the backfield, and that he was all over the place the other day, and he's going to be all over the place. And so you're going to see more of that. And I, here's one of the things I like about that. I, I hate to say this. We all know this, right? A.J. Epinesa didn't see the field enough until his senior his junior, right? He did. He's killing it in the NFL. Justin Jacobs needs to see the field. He's that kind of talent. We'll be back on the Hawkeye Hall, 1700, the champ. Guy Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we are back here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you here. We are at G Miggs in West Moines Valley Junction. Steak night down here as it is every Tuesday night. Come on down and uh, join us here for the next uh, half hour or so. We'll be here uh, with the Hawkeye Huddle and, of course, uh, each and every week on Tuesdays from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock right here on 1700 The Champ at thehawkeyehuddle.com. If you miss, 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 miss? miss any portion, I happen to know the podcast is up and working now. It was working, but you would have had to go to the website. Now it's on iTunes and all Trey, that thing. Trey, it's, it's on. It's working. It's being forwarded out as it's supposed to be, and so we're in very good shape with that. Uh, but thoroughly enjoying this. Did you get your text, Tom, on the line? You I'm sure that he is. I heard a, I heard a who. He's got Tom. <laughs> Look at that. Tom Cakert of HawkeyeReport.com joining us now on the line as he does each week. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon. I guess it's the evening now, isn't it? You keep you saying that. last week. Stop it. <laughs> you're right. The sun's still up. That's right. It'll be dark okay. pretty soon when we're doing this. But, yeah, you're right. It's sun's evening. Out, good, good, good evening. Sun's out. Sun's By the out, way, today, out, right. autumnal equinox today. Oh, it is? Yeah. It is. 221 yeah. this afternoon. It's fall. Uh, there we go. It's football season. Oh, Nelly. Oh, Nelly. Tom, um, you know, so we're, we're kind of working through a lot of stuff that happened this last weekend. I, I, I do want to ask you about a, a kid that, uh, that I think goes unnoticed, right, has gone unnoticed, but uh, had a great game the other day, and we haven't talked about it yet, is Lucas Van Ness, right? Um, out of nowhere, yeah. right? It, he, he had seven tackles, quietly uh, making his presence known. And he shouldn't be quiet with seven tackles, but he's been part of this all the way along. And suddenly here he is uh, starting to show up in the stat line. Yeah, and he had a good spring, too. And going back to that point in time, and he kind of came in as a defensive end, but they kind of said, hey, you know what, maybe a path quicker is, is at uh, tackle. And he's kind of... I don't know that he loved it at first, but now he's really kind of embraced it, I think. So um, now he's really comfortable and he's having some success. He He's in on that uh, a lot on that, what they call their their fast guys group, which is when they um, they bring Joe Evans in to uh, as one of the rush ends and they, they dump uh, Wagner down to tackle with Lucas Van Ness and, um, and Van Valkenburg. And that's kind of that that group that's had some success uh, rushing the passer here in the last couple games. 
Well, there's no question they had some success on Saturday, Tom. It was seven sacks. By my count, they had four different holding penalties on pass plays and at least four or five different pressures. That defensive line is just, I mean, Phil, Phil Parker and that entire defensive crew cannot, cannot be more pleased, I can't imagine, with the way the defensive line is played. Yeah, um, and that's the group that I think all of us were wondering how good are they going to be, you know, right? They, you lost three starters, um, defensive player of the year in the Big Ten and Davion Nixon and, and uh, you know, a real veteran NFL draft pick in Chauncey Golson. And now you got three new faces in there. And how is that going to be? And um, and they are coming along. You know, the first couple games, not a lot of sacks, but they were getting some pressures. And now they're getting – they got to the quarterback. We'll see how they do this weekend, if they can register some more sacks. And, um, and that, you know, that back seven is just so solid. And that just makes that defense even, even more formidable. How long are we going to be without Ethan Herkett? Um, a little bit is what they said. That, that's the only thing I've gotten from somebody Saturday was probably not going to see him for a little while. So I wonder if he had to um, have a little minor knee surgery so it might knock him out for a month or so. That's too bad he was getting in there too, getting and making the presence known. But I, I hey, they're going to uh, they're yeah, going to get uh, they're they're probably going to get. Um, Logan Jones back at defensive tackle here fairly soon, I think. Um, and I think they were shooting for midseason, and it might be maybe slightly before then, but we'll see. So we, we spent a fair amount of the first uh, 15 minutes of the show n- not complaining, but trying to, to uh, just be watch with a critical eye on Spencer Petrus. Clearly his best yep. game Saturday so far this year. But still continuing to struggle, looking down the field, uh, even making making plays down the field. I mean, he did make one great pass to Nico. Um, any conversation today, just like on the progression, let's say, or his improvement so far this year? Um, not a lot. Um, you know, he's he's well aware of the critics, I think, <laughs> and uh, I think he's he's you know all he has to do is listen. I mean. You know, the one time when he threw threw a ball short, um, that you could hear the groaning slash almost booing uh, from the fans, uh, the Iowa fans. So he's well aware that um, you know he's got to make those throws. But um, you know, how much of that is on him? How much of that is just by design of what they're doing offensively? I think the big thing that's that you have to understand is. The big thing they don't want him to do is turn it over, right? And and throw interceptions. So as long as he's taking care of the ball and he's not throwing interceptions, they're going to be very happy with him. And he's won nine games in a row. That, that doesn't hurt either. Yeah, yeah. This will be um, if they win on Saturday. It'll be the um, the third time in the Ferentz era that they've won uh, ten games in a row. So it's not all that common, right? I mean, it's it's still pretty impressive. Um, the 2015 season, the end of yeah. 2008 into 2009, and both of those were 12 game win streaks. So um, well, I'd like to see know. him get there, huh? Let's let's go well, for the a twel- record. Huh? The 12th game would be, be Penn, Penn State. State. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. 
Hey, I want to shift gears to uh, recruiting, Tom. Um, sure. First of all, a, a couple of I, I thought it was nice to see a tweet last night that uh, that how do you say Xavier's last name? Puenka? Wampa. 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 Yeah. And it was a picture of him and uh, Kyler Casper, Kevin Casper's kid. They were, I believe, both there the uh, the other day on Saturday, right? Which is interesting. He did not play on Friday night. Right. Um, Xavier um, Xavier was not, Xavier was not there this past that weekend. Was, he's okay, going to be was there. The previous one. He's going to yeah. he's going to be there on his official visit uh, for the Penn State game. And oh. the Caspers might be back for that game too if it's at night. It, it but that has not been confirmed that it's a night game. Has not. We'll probably find out Monday. All right. Uh, I'll I'll dive over to the side of that l- later. I've got there's Unfortunately, Penn State got another night game the week before that, so it might be four in a row. I'm not sure they're yeah, – we'll see. Anyway, um, for those that don't know, Kyler Casper's actually a fairly high-level, high exciting recruit. Got some big people after him. I, I think it's fun It's fun that to, to just uh, use a little conjecture here that some of the – you know, there's, there's some fun kids in this upcoming class that they're recruiting, whether or not they get all of them, Tom – the, the the talent level of what Iowa's recruiting and the way that they're doing it, they've certainly moved into the into the next uh, level in terms of understanding social media and understanding, you know, all the different things you need to do. And it's fun to see, you know, kids getting excited about visiting, even if they don't, even if they don't commit, they're they're excited about going to Iowa City. And when they get there, they all say the same thing, right? They have a blast. And these, you know, it, it seems like Iowa has made the inroads, which I, I think was it was such a problem last year for them. You know, they, they had people a little disappointed in, the, uh, in, in what's going to be this recruiting class, right? Uh, because, of, because it's taken them a while to get that experience to kids of getting on campus and seeing what Iowa football is about. It changes the game when they can get there and visit and see what uh, Kirk is all about, what the stadium's all about, what the team's all about. It just changes the game. Yep. yep. And, uh, you know, last year heard them, heard a lot of people just because. They were, you know, they didn't have, um, you know, anybody on campus. So, uh, and and you had everything going on with uh, with the uh, uh, racial inequality stuff. So you didn't get to really answer it in person and talk to the kids that are on campus in person. So um, they're getting there with that, and uh, I think that's a positive for them. And um, you know, they're I think they're. Um, they're making some headway. Um, you know, we had uh, Kevin Casper. I do a podcast with Chuck Long, and uh, we do that every Monday. And Chuck, Chuck and I had uh, Kevin Casper on Monday to talk about the visit. And uh, you know, Chuck had recruited Kevin. To, he's the reason Kevin Casper came to Iowa. So um, you know, big. It, it was uh, Kevin. Kevin said it was a real positive visit for Kyler. So, and he's a four-star kid. I mean, he's got USC, UCLA, Ohio State, Notre Dame. I mean, he's got everybody after him. So, you know, he's going to be highly recruited. Tom, that was some solid name dropping there. Nicely done. I mean, well, just just well played. Well played. Yeah. So <laughs> what you get if you go to HawkeyeReport.com, you can link up with all kinds of different people that you know, pretty good stuff. Hey, but did I t- did I tell you we had Bob Stoops on the week before? You didn't mention name that. Drop. Name drop. Name drop. drop. He, he's, am, I, am I wrong about this? He's still he's more of a Hawkeye than he is a Sooner, right? I, I just I get the feeling that the, the Allegiant, he, he coached there forever. He loves Oklahoma, whatever. 
He says go Hawks when he's on national broadcast still, right? He's still oh, a yeah. Hawkeye. He does. He, well, his he dad is buried in, in a, Wasn't in his dad buried in a Hawkeye loves, jersey? Yes. He lo- but he's going into the College Football Hall of Fame as the Oklahoma coach. Well, he should. <laughs> that's that's fair. He won a national title there. <laughs> yeah. He's yep. not going because of his defensive back play at University of Iowa. He'll be wearing a Hawkeye pin underneath his red coat. <laughs> On the disappointing side of things, Tom, the basketball program didn't exactly get a bunch of great news this last week. All three of the major recruits they were after declared that they're uh, going somewhere else, uh, losing uh, Jackson Kohler to Mississippi, or Mississippi, Michigan State, uh, Aiden Shaw to Missouri, and then Tyler Nickel to North Carolina. I think we were pretty sure on Tyler Nickel. I was hoping on Jackson Kohler. I really was. But I, I guess the question really now is uh, where do you go? You've got two recruits coming in in Josh, Josh, Josh Dix and DeSante Bowen. Both a couple of three-star kids that I think that can do some good things for them, but they they need a bigger guy. Where do they go now? Uh, now that they've they've kind of lost out on the guys that they were really working hard on. Yeah, they. Um, you know, I, I I know people are focused on who they miss, but it, it was just a little over a week ago that Josh Dix committed. So it's not like they've uh, they've come up empty. You know, it was that was the Saturday of the Iowa State game when he committed. So right, right, right. They, they have had they've had they've had some good news. Now I think it's there's a um, uh, Luke Hunger, a kid that Fran went out to see last week. Um, I think they're looking at him a little bit, um, but they haven't uh, made a decision on him yet. Honestly, you can probably just. It might be okay to Bank just it. wait and see and see what you need, and then just dive into the portal. You know, but, which Fran is not really need. Been... Yeah, but now, but you could right. If, so if you don't promise that spot to somebody it's else, not, it's not. A, it's yeah. a really good. It's not a bad idea. You're right. Well, and, and let's find, and let's remember. I know people think, well, Fran doesn't go into the portal. Fran just went in the portal and got Philippe Rocca. And, and he's excited about Flip Rubaca, right? So Fran talked yeah, to the media yeah. yesterday, and I think he's really excited yeah. about what he's got there. That's a kid from yeah, South it's Dakota. An, it's an interest, yeah. uh, North Dakota. Yeah. North, it's sorry. Interesting, interesting Why'd they team. split him up? Uh, I'm going to be real interested to see um, how this team goes this year. I mean, I think they've got some talent. He likes the depth that they've got. Um you know, I, I wonder about the outside shooting. I think that's one of the things they're going to have to figure out. Well, it seems that, that way every year, but, you know, having Jordan back might help. Right. He, he's straight yeah, up a two Jordan, now, isn't having he? Jordan, like last year, you didn't worry about outside shooting because you had Jordan Bohannon, you had uh, C.J. Frederick, and you had Joe Wieskamp, and you had Luca. you know. But right. this year you don't have – you've only got J-Bo. And right. the rest of the guys are – Somewhat unproven, so yep. um, and guys are going to be playing bigger, bigger roles. I mean, it's one of the things he talked about with like uh, with with uh, Keegan Murray. Keegan and Patrick are now going to be marked guys where they were probably fifth, sixth on the scout last year. Yep. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. I, I did. He he mentioned how he set this yeah. schedule up so he could play at home a lot with these guys, let the team grow. <laughs> and I think you're right. It's yeah. it's one of those things. It's not that they don't have the talent. They're just going to have to learn how to be the marked guys, right? Hey, Tom, we got to run. Yeah, we're going to we're going to be out of time. They're going to have to yeah, grow. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Are. yeah they're going to have to grow. Before we leave, we're winning this weekend, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. Right. 
Next, I week, think... next week will be dicey. It's a trappy game Friday yep. night down in, uh, out yep. in College Park, and you got the huge game coming up the week, the next week. Yeah, it's, that'll be a challenge. I, I think that's one we can really dive into a little more than this one. I'm not right, going to ask him because I thought I'd just say, go to HawkeyeReport.com on Friday and see what Tom, how he breaks down the I game. just wanted there to hear him say it. Thanks, Tom. We'll talk to you next week. Tom okay, Kaker, HawkeyeReport.com. You know, it should be mentioned that the guys, that the teams, so you just heard who got these guys that I was recruiting. Carolina. So, right. Uh, Michigan State, Mizzou. Uh, the other guys that they've been in on that have been the tighter ones, the closer ones, they've been in the top five or so, and they've lost out. Xavier, that one I didn't wasn't super happy about. Virginia Tech to a kid from Virginia. North Carolina again. Uh, Duke. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and uh, I think and another Missouri. So, I mean, we're losing. Who's the basketball coach of Missouri? Conzo uh, Martin. Really? The Purdue dude? Yeah. I didn't realize he was still there. I think he's still there. I'm not certain. I I, I need Bruce. I know somebody who goes there, and I pay a lot of money to that school, so I could check it out. Well, I will be perhaps, there next week. I was going to say you could text him, but I'm pretty sure Anthony doesn't know. He's, he watches every game. I'm certain he, he doesn't know. know. No, I bet he does. I bet he does. All right. <laughs> no, I bet he does. The basketball the coach? He goes. To the, he cheers for the basketball team, too. He Just, does. In fact, I think he likes it better than he likes the football. The football is a big crowd, but the basketball, they get to do a lot more. Tumbling and, a lot more yeah. tumbling up, and he's the one that can go up and down the length of the court with the tumbling thing and all that stuff. So he likes well, there's it. no question about he's that. He's a bit of a showman if you hadn't figured that out over the years. I, in fact, if they would have had the greatest showman at Valley High School, he would have been in it. He probably would. No, he would have been the the one dude, not not P.T. Barnum, the other guy. Yeah, uh, the guy from uh, that that was, uh, yeah, was that also other in dude. High, school, high school musical. That guy, whatever that guy's name was, right? Yeah, he would have been that guy. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. Well, we'll see where they go with it when the hoops. It's going to be an interesting year. Luckily, you and I are going to. You have didn't like, even mention the kid from City High who's going to go go uh, be a football and ben wrestler. Keeter. They got the they got football their, and yeah, wrestler. They, that's a good uh, a good get. Ben Keeter, who is a I Bruce, think a who's the basketball coach at Mizzou, three star uh, from Moore. Iowa City High. Is also going to try to wrestle for Iowa. He's at that level. We have so confirmed amazing. it's Quanzo Martin. I thought so. He used to play for Purdue, right? Friend of our re- I was anticipating music somewhere around here. Friend so of our Remax uh, Concepts, Angie Lancaster. We might as well go ahead and mention that now. We've got a minute. So Angie Lancaster uh, from Remax Concepts uh, sponsoring the program this year along with Brian Hauk. Uh, from Key uh, Mortgage, and uh, we'll be starting to hear more and more about them, and we appreciate that. And, yes, she, she did, they just confirmed that for us about Conzo Martin. They made sure that that was correct. And if you want to get a hold of them, we're going to find out more about them. If you want to go to get a hold of Angie Lancaster, it's 421-0259, and uh, we're going to appreciate them as, as a sponsor of the Huddle for the rest of the year. And as we said, there will be more basketball, a lot more basketball, because because at some point in time, we have basketball to talk about and no football. Basketball, football, wrestle, basketball, wrestling, and women's basketball. Which they're going to be a top ten women's basketball team. So fun to watch this year. We'll be back, wrap things up on the Hawkeye Huddle football this time around. We come back on 1700 The Champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here at GMIG. It's Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. As we are each week on Tuesday, 6 o'clock here on 1700 The Champ. 
And you can check us out around the uh, world at thehawkeyehuddle.com. I'm waving at Mrs. Kling. You are? Seeing more folks, you know? That's Vicky Bourne's sister. And she's got a tiger hawk on her on her shirt, so that's a good thing. She's here uh, for the Hawkeye Hill. That's exactly it, right? It is. She's here for the Hawkeye Hill? It is. Hey, we recognized our friends at uh, Remax Realty with uh, Angie Lancaster a little bit earlier, but how about some of the other sponsors for our great program? Such as AMPM Plumbing. What do they do, Brett? They do plumbing. They unclog your toilet. They'll fix your pipes. Let me ask you this. Will they put a faucet on the outside of my house? Of course they will. Because the idiots that built my house didn't actually do that. They wouldn't even think twice about it. How can you build a house where you put the only exterior faucet on the back lower level of the house? How did you build? And how, when I went looking at that house, did I not notice that? Brett, these are Grimes uh, zoning issues that i got to tell you about. How is it even legal? I don't know. I don't know. By the way, I was outside earlier looking at the... uh, the zoning laws in Valley Junction were a lot different back in the day. <laughs> There's exactly different. eight inches between the buildings yes. here. <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot stick a pencil through half of them, right? <laughs> if you're running down the junction, you better go to the next block because you're not getting through between the buildings. It is not happening. It is not happening. Um, uh, also, want to thank Foundry uh, Distilling. Appreciate uh, their help uh, again this year. Uh, we're going to get over there, and uh, we'll probably figure out a way to spend some time talking to our friend Scott Bush over there a little bit uh, about the Hawks. Uh, well, Scotty Bush loves that Fran McCaffrey, yeah. and uh, we'll get some basketball tidbits yeah, from him. He gets insight. He does. He had the C.J. Frederick I know. sniffed out, didn't he? We said, we're not sure about this. This he is what did. we heard, and he had that all sniffed out well ahead of time, right? Uh, so I'll give uh, that credit. And, of course, Foundry Distilling, great place uh, for all kinds of spirits over there. Well, they make it, the largest distillery in the United States. The largest still in the United States is what he told me when they when Is we that it. right? Yeah. Largest production still. It's a gigantic I've container. Doesn't look like the one on MASH with the little no. copper pot. Well, no, that, it's that, much bigger. That right? was made by doctors. And, of course, our friends down here at G-Mix, which is a tremendous place to come and watch a game if you're not going to Kinnick on Saturday. Last, last week, 2.30, Bruce told me that the uh, second half got quite busy. And the Saturday night special is always family-style food. Last week was fried half of a... Half Ro- a chicken? Half a rotisserie four, chicken. Four fried chickens and a, and a loaf of, of wheat toast. Four pieces of wheat toast, dry. <laughs> a half a chicken, mashed potatoes, corn. It was amazing. <laughs> it hey, was amazing. Hey, do you know where we had success last week? I don't know if it was us. But there were scores, Big Ten scores on the scoreboard yes, in, in, in big, Kinnick Stadium in, the other day. I've been yes. meaning to thank you, thank Hawkeye Football, Iowa Sports, for putting the scores on the ticker. Is I put a tweet out at Hawkeye Huddle and Ridge is at Hawkeye Huddle too. <laughs> Please, dear Lord, put the freaking scores on the scoreboard. Yep. I don't care if no one's sponsoring them. Right, just put them on, and they just, did. They just, put them on a little tiny rim I, on the below the scoreboard. It was great. That was fine. That's the, all you needed. That I think great. the font on that scoreboard is like Arial Five, but because the scoreboard's so big, it doesn't matter. Everybody was able to at least acknowledge that. You know, sports wagering in Iowa was a big thing. Well, it's not even, it's partially wagering. It's also just scoreboard watching to know what's going on around the country, right? We right. Just, I mean, it's what we used to do when we were little kids. So why would you want to cut that out now? Because somehow we, there's more connectivity. Well, and there's no, and, uh, and, well, who can connect inside the stadium? Uh, not, 
I got a few out the other day. They were all the ones where I was ticked off, right? None of the ones. But, by the way, we haven't even talked about the egregiously, unbelievably second-worst call in the history of Iowa football, right? No, it's not even the second. It's not the first. It, it's in the top five, though. The non-catch? How is it not? It, it's, it's a non-catch of a catch. I, it was a fumble, if even that, and he it, recovered it. He didn't even there was there was no he the ball bobbled. We were all so confused. Nobody knew what was going on. We're like, what are they doing? Right, right. Well, in in uh, Listicow actually made a, a decent point about this. In that he said the only reason that play got reviewed is because somebody they had, had an equipment an problem, equipment issue. Right, uh, that was crazy. Uh, they've got to figure out something about that because that was just that was just well. Awful. Kirk Kirk usually doesn't comment on those sorts of things, but he wasn't happy. He, he does more these days, but yeah, he wasn't happy. Well, what are they going to do? Find him? Couple, uh, couple. <laughs> so, in addition, by the way, to the nine in a row uh, victories, now twenty-five in a row in terms of games under twenty-four points for Iowa. Uh, the defense giving up—that's twenty-five in a row. They'll go to twenty-six this week. Let me obviously. ask you this question, right off the top of your head: Who's going to score twenty-five points on Iowa this year? Alabama in the college football playoff. Uh, I think the next two weeks are your closest best bets. Maryland, Maryland has an uh, Colorado an, uh, State. No, no, no. After the after this, My, Maryland has an oddly talented offense that that can run into that itself and screw twenty. It can and, run into and itself and cause at, problems at Illinois. You're asking me who has a chance, and then Penn State. I mean, Wisconsin's clearly not going to do it, right? I mean, if you're getting beat North by them, you're probably no Minnesota. They did score thirty the other day. I was surprised at that, but no, I don't think. I mean, I don't think. Nebraska. And I think the, and I think the only way it gets done is somebody, Nebraska. Okay. <laughs> please um, illinois no purdue no okay no i it's, it's i think that the, the, this thing could get into the 30s it, it, it could it, there could be uh there could be a couple defensive touchdowns things and they count well, that against it, you it, right but, well it, right, it, right yeah it, points right. all points count in, right. in scoreboards yes so it could happen <laughs> But that's the way it's probably going to happen, right? And that's why I'm saying I think Maryland has some talent there that could do this, and I and certainly Penn State. And other than that, I don't know. You get the Big Ten championship. You got Michigan, maybe or Penn Ohio State. State scored right? sixteen maybe Penn against State. Wisconsin. Oh, I, boy. I don't know. I don't know. Penn State had to punt on third down the other night, which was interesting too. But I mean, love the officials. What, right? what happens? How does that happen? Well, I, I Missouri don't know. got five downs thirty years ago, and Penn State punts on third down. And your replay official in the booth, who can actually literally go back and watch all the plays, is such a... Did he have to go pee? Is such a bad cop that he's like, you ain't going to tell me what to do? No. And he wouldn't. He obviously would not go back and watch. I mean, it was a very simple thing. that You go back and watch all the plays. This is, if you don't know, Penn State was forced... They got a penalty on a first down, and the... They counted that against them, and suddenly it was fourth down, and they're like, no, it's third down. But it wasn't. It was actually – or it wasn't. It was, it was fourth down. If I'm James Franklin, I'd have called a timeout, and I would have stood there and he, said, run it back. And they wouldn't do it. They said, no, we checked it. It's wrong. You're wrong. And they and they went ahead. They made him punt. They How made, in they God's name could you not go to the official and I, say, where's your rubber band, you dumbass? Yeah, I know. Because that's – You're going to get us in trouble. No, I'm I not. was the one that last almost got us in trouble. We are not walking yeah. towards the ocean right now. <laughs> Hey, um, we got here's a question. Three, we got four minutes. We got four minutes. Okay, let's get to Colorado State. Uh, first of all, Colorado State threw eleven passes, completed eleven passes the other night. Uh, all right, good all right. for them. So that to me is a one-dimensional offense. That's a problem for them. Number two, now they do have one good player. Who's he that? caught nine of them. He's a tight end. 
They have one good player. He's a tight end. He's so like who's going to cover him? I believe Jack Campbell's going to be on him. Maybe Seth Benson. Maybe just Justin Jacobs. One of the linebackers is going to have him. What about Dane Belton? Nah, I think he's going to put Jacobs on him. He, this guy's an all-American tight end level guy, right? So he caught nine of. This guy has thirty receptions. He has a hundred had a hundred night of their hundred and ten passing yards completions the other night. That's one player, Trey McBride. Okay, other than that, they're awful. I mean, they're just god awful. They Vanderbilt lost, went to. Well, they, they lost to South Dakota State, and they didn't just lose. They lost to FCS South Dakota State, which is a good team. But they lost to them 42-23. to They got worked at home by an FCS school. They got worked at home. Aren't they in Fort Collins? I think so. Yeah. So at home in Fort Collins by Vanderbilt. Twenty. Uh, that was 24-21. And they got beat. Vanderbilt. Yeah. And I know. Horrible, right? And then they did beat Toledo this last That's week. That's like losing Defensive to at home. Steve Adazio, who was the coach at BC when Iowa played him in the pinstripe bowl a couple of years ago, he's their head coach, so they're going to look very similar in terms of what they're trying to do. The funny part about that is that played right into Iowa's hands, right? This is a game that uh, – this is one where we can sit back and go, this this one plays into being every earmark of every blowout you've ever looked at before for Iowa, even though can Iowa's – Can we been, blow right? them out? Well, will we try. Right? Will you will you go ahead and say, you know what, we really do need to work on some of these things where we, Spencer, look down the field. Let's give up a player, give up a sack or two. Look down the field, see what you can I'm gonna, do. To work I'm gonna with this. I'm gonna go ahead and drop my foundry distilling last call early on Whoa. this one. Hawks in the first half. I'm gonna say it's probably be probably fourteen and a half. Lay it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know me, I'm I'm usually going on. I I nailed this one last week too, right? I I, I had I had thirty to, to thirty to fifteen. I think you 30 did 14. not nail it because you had them not covering. I gave extra points to Kent State, but you, I gave Iowa about what I thought. Okay, okay way to go, Brett. Well, I didn't see the fumble on the goal line. My good, point is, good teams win, great teams cover. <laughs> my point is. I see this. I see the Iowa offense this week finding ways to just go nuts, right? And and I, I they, this is a bad Colorado State I think team. And this how is, many? This is the worst team they play all year. So how many close. defensive or special teams touchdowns? Charlie Jones gets a punt return because he'll be dumb enough to kick it to him. Nobody is right now. They they Kent State kept it away from him except for one kick, and he returned it what how you know thirty yards, and they went okay. That's the end of that, right? They'll they'll be dumb enough to. And he I gets think a punt Iowa gets at least. Three short fields, if not at least one score on defense. Defensive scored in every game. This one gets into the 50s. Don't you think, for Iowa? That's a lot, but I think it gets into the 50s. I was going to say 48-3. Okay. Okay. Or six. Maybe two field goals. So since I just said that, I'm going to give them 51. Okay. They're going to get a touchdown? Six. No. No touchdowns. They're not going to a touchdown. Hawks are currently. If uh, you can only throw to one guy and he's your tight end, and I'm you can't pretty run sure. The football? I'm pretty sure and you can't run the football. I'm pretty sure that we're going to figure out a way to cover that up. The only way they get it done. We sound like the Georgia Tech guy. We do. This is. We don't normally even do this, right? We're we're confident but not cocky. This is an arrogant time where we can be this way. I Next week so. will be fun. We'll have to hedge on what happens. We go into the Big Ten, play Maryland, and all that stuff. Uh, by the way, he plays Kent State this week, which would be in Maryland plays Kent. Yeah. We talked about how comparative scores are a bad idea, it's, and yet at the same time, it's hard not to, right? Well, but it's the worst way in the world to to uh, go by in terms of gambling because eventually it, it, it's a proposition where you go, this team beat this team, that beat this team, and that beat this team, and therefore you've got 
somebody like Coastal Care or not, yeah, Texas right. San Antonio is the best team in the country. Right, they beat Illinois, and so they're other. Hey, by the way, go to the game this week. 61,000 fans last week, plenty of open seats. There's tickets available this week as well. It won't be as hot. No, it's supposed to be 73 and It was after hot. It was hot. It was hot. It was. Um, and I, I realize all across the country we're seeing some numbers down. I think it's a COVID thing. There's a number. People have realized they don't have to go, right? By the way, they serve but, here at Kinnick. You know, we've, it's we've easy, figured, easy to get. It's about a $70 day. I hate I hate to admit it, but we've figured out how that works, haven't we? Yeah, we have. I said I wasn't going to. Yeah, by the way, you're, you're going first next week. Because I've gone first to the last two. And then by the time the game's over, I'm always one heavy. You you put them down. You, I Stop. go to. I go with three. You go with five. I mean, yeah, you're a little for a bit ahead of it. It's okay, you know. But uh, oh, but we have sorry. we have enjoyed it. Hey, it, it, it seems to be working out, right? People are they, they're doing a good job with that. We should we should say they're doing a good job with that. Thanks to our sponsors. We appreciate Angie it. Angie Lancaster, Remax Concepts, AMPM Plumbing, Foundry Distilling, G Mig, G Mig, our man Jacob. Back on the board tonight. He's doing a great job. As always. Appreciate it. He enjoys this. I'm glad he does. Hey, hopefully you enjoyed the show, too. We'll talk to you next week here on the Hawkeye Hill on 1700 The Champion.